We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. That's Fendiari, right? Yeah. Right. No, you got perfect. Live. Don't overthink it. Live. Okay. All right, go ahead. All right. What's good, Knicks Nation? Alex Chateris here, a.k.a. the Tratocaster. We are here with Knicks Weekly, episode 71, and joining me tonight, not CP, we got our friend Sam Esfendiari returning and from covering the Warriors on the West Coast side, the White Years pod. White Years pod. That's right. You know, so we're going to have Sam help us break down and review Dante DiVincenzo's season. But make sure to hit that thumbs up button for your boys and make sure to check out KnicksFanTV.com. Sam, how are you doing, man? Welcome back to the show. Been a while. I'm, Last time we spoke, we we previewed the, the Knicks playing the Warriors and then the Warriors spanked the Knicks. So welcome <laughs> back this time. <laughs> it's good to be back. What was that the 21, 22 season? Like it, it sometimes... I was talking with you about this. You have a kid and everything starts blending together and you're just like happy to wake up in the morning knowing what day it is in general. <laughs> um, so I, 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 no, that was last season, my man. That was, that, that was last. Oh, season. wow. Oh, wow. Yeah. That, it's just a perfect, it's a perfect summation for, for you, by the way. <laughs> Thank you. Yes. I am prepared just to be in a, in a sleepless days, just wondering what season we're in covering the Knicks once my son is here, but yeah, man, welcome back. So Tell us, man, what's it been like uh, over in Warriors land first before we, we break down Dante's uh, season? You know, I I, fe- I don't want to say optimism, but like last year was very disappointing considering they won the title two years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that happens. But I don't think the disappointment was that they didn't repeat because you can't count on that or anything like that. It was the drama, everything starting with the Draymond Green punch to... Um, you know, Jordan Poole was kind of I don't know, erratic all year. And you could t- it was at the punch, or was it just kind of he was mad he wasn't starting? There was that whole thing, you know, Andrew Wiggins missing time. It, it was just a disappointing season. So I think for the Warriors to go from there, trading pool, committing to a direction, even if it involves trading for CP3, who's like top five warrior villain of all time. Uh, it, it just feels nice to flush what was a very frustrating season down the toilet. Mm. 
totally understand. I, I get that from being a Knicks fan for so many years. We were like, all right, this has been a frustrating season, frustrating season. Thankfully, we didn't have that this year. Thankfully, right. it's a season that leads to promise with Jalen Brunson. You know, we got questions, obviously, with the acquisition of Dante DiVincenzo. What's he going to bring to this team? You know, Emmanuel quickly going into his fourth year. Is he going to be a long-term Nick after, you know, placing second, even though he probably should have won six man of the year uh, this past season? But there's a lot of good. St- there's a lot of good with the Knicks right now. But sticking on CP3 for a second, what was your thought process when you heard that CP3 is coming to the Warriors and Jordan pulls out the door? We're going to ask you about Jordan Poole, too, before we get oh, it. Oh, we can talk about whatever you want. Um, it's funny because I trolled everyone saying, look, this is what the trade's going to be. And I didn't even – I wasn't serious about it. I just said, like, their contracts match uh, – Nobody wants Chris Paul. Nobody wants Jordan Poole. It's the perfect trade, right? That sort of thing. And then it happened. So I just thought it was hilarious. I've currently talked myself into it working, but but we'll see. We'll see. I mean, he didn't seem too thrilled about people saying he was coming off the bench. Uh, and, you know, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Hey, anything's better than last season is basically my mentality today in <laughs> mid-August. You know, we we could get to November. I could be like, oh, no, no, it can get much worse. But right now, optimism. Optimism. So you, you think CP3 coming off the bench, I feel like it's such a downgrade from like where he's been throughout all of his career. Yeah. You think he's good? You think he's actually going to accept that? You think he's going to be okay like going in and accept that role? Because I just remember when Iggy when Kerr told Iggy, like, hey, man, we're going to need you as six man because that's really what this team needs from you right now. And he accepted it, even though it was a gut punch to the ego. Do you think CP3 can acquiesce to well, that I will, type of situation? Well, I will say, if CP3 is willing to deal with it, I feel really good about them having a positive season because if a guy who's a clear first ballot Hall of Famer, no matter where he's in his career, is yes. willing to check the ego at the door, everyone will follow suit. Like the other talking points, like Jonathan Kubinga, very talented, but kind of erratic. Is he going to, is he going to turn into a winning player? Or is he going to be a guy that they end up trading because he's more concerned with averaging, uh, you know, 25, 20 points instead of winning. Right. Like um, if someone like CP is like, Hey man, I'll come off the bench. I think it sends a positive message down the roster. Will he, I guess my case for him doing it is he tends to rub teams the wrong way over time, but every time he gets traded somewhere, year one's positive. Year one's always good. Goes to the Clippers, they turn legitimate. Goes to the uh, Thunder when we all thought they were going to suck, they were a playoff team. Goes to Phoenix, takes them from garbage to, you know, they made the finals. And like he wasn't the best player on that team, but he has a way of, um, just getting everyone bought into their roles and moving in the right direction. Actually, CP has never gone to a team and they've got worse immediately. It's been more mm-hmm. of the he wears on you over time and guys get kind of tired of him, like, you know, setting texts at 5 a.m. telling them they should work out or stuff <laughs> like that. Like, I don't know, like metaphorically, that sort of stuff. So, and, and I don't think that, you know, like if you were to ask me, will Chris Paul be a warrior in three years? I'll be like, no, zero, zero chance. But could they potentially get year one? I don't know. Summer optimism has me saying yes. (laughs) All right. There we go. We got optimistic Sam tonight with CP3 uh, here. I'm just interested to see how Draymond and CP3 as teammates work out. That's going to be the interesting part for me. But 
for Jordan Poole, the guy who had to exit in order for CP3 to come in. What was your what were your thoughts on Jordan Poole, man? Like him just, you know, now being a he's a wizard. I thought it was, was so I, up and down. <laughs> what are your thoughts? I mean, maybe I'm maybe I'm soft on the source stuff, but it's just like it was obvious it was going there. Like six months maybe nine months before it ended up happening so i'd already like mentally come you know i was already there where i knew he was gone end of the day i think he's gonna get underrated by warrior fans i think he was a very important player for them i think they don't win the title without him he may not have played much in the Boston series, but you go look at the Memphis series. He was the best player on the court in game one. They won by one point. He swung a ton of games. And I mean, he he was he didn't start, but he was that like secondary creator that you often feel like the Warriors lack. Like I feel like the Warriors, the system is is good, but when things break down, it's just Steph save us mode. And they're always looking for just someone else who can get their own shot, someone who can really, you know, provide some sort of release valve to the defense. And he was able to do that. And so I think he's, you know, the way it ended, I'm not surprised. The dude thinks he's a superstar. He wants to prove he can make an all-star team. And for lack of a better term, that opportunity just wasn't there for the Warriors. The Warriors needed him to be a sixth man. He's overqualified for that. So it, it seemed very obvious they're moving that direction, but, personally no hard feelings this is kind of how it goes and you just kind of cross your fingers he doesn't turn into an actual superstar in in five years where you're just like yeah we traded stuff successor that's great yeah look big fans I, I i spoke about emmanuel quickly briefly at the beginning of the show that's the concern with emmanuel quickly because last year of the con of his rookie scale contract waiting for that extension if it's going to happen this season are they going to show go into restricted free agency the following year you know, you talk about a guy in his third year placing second in six-man-of-the-year voting. Big key factor, third most important Nick for where the Knicks ended up last season. The games that he started when Brunson was out, he was just he, – he was so – he was so dynamo, man. That's just how good he yeah. was in those in those times. And it's the same thing like the Jordan Poole. Like, if, you, if he goes, man, because – for Knicks fans, we heard him on the Slam uh, podcast. He wants to be a starter somewhere. He 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 looks at Steph as like a as like an idol or someone like he wants to model his game after, right? And so when you hear stuff like that, it's like, well, we got Brunson. There's you're not going to get that opportunity unless you're playing the two guard. But if he wants to have the rock in his hand and control the offense and be sure. that guy, you know, that's the thought process for for quickly right now. But you know, I'm just happy that he's on the Knicks right now. Good player. I'm happy with him. Like. <laughs> I, I want I want to see, you know, what the Warriors did with Poole where it's like, yo, you got some great talent to win that championship, right? And you did it, you did it with Poole, did it with Wiggins, Draymond, Quay, Steph, all those guys, right? That's all as Knicks fans that we can hope for. So we'll see what happens. Do you think, last thing before we start talking about Dante, Poole and Kuzma, <laughs> what do you think about that, those two being the, being the go-to I, guys? I mean- for the Wizards. I mean, that's that's going to be just a, the IG team of the year, right? No. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. They're both good players, but like, you know what I'm saying? When like, yeah, they're good players, but I don't believe in a team where they're your two best players. Yeah, that's kind of how I feel about the Wizards. My guess is the Wizards just are like they're good. They're going to play well. Maybe we can flip them into 
better players down the line, or maybe we can get better players. And like every team would like a player like Kuzma, like he's a nice three, four wing scores pretty efficiently. will play some defense, that sort of thing. Um, most teams like player like Jordan Poole can just go get a shot whenever he wants. Can it's explosive. Um, but yeah, uh, to your point, I'm, I think I'm just talking them up. Yeah, they're, they're gonna be they're gonna miss the plan. Let's be honest. <laughs> oh, for sure. But you know what? There's gonna be some nights where you're like, "Ooh, that could be a that could be a nice little frisky team over there." You know, especially when they both drop forty one night. You're like, "Oh, they both drop exactly. 40 because nobody else can do it on that team I, but those two guys." And they got they got hot. <laughs> I can I can already see like the Warriors rolling into DC, not taking him seriously, and it it being Jordan Poole's like NBA championship, where it's just like, oh, I'm going for fifty. That type oh, of for thing. sure. Oh, <laughs> for sure. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. Can't. I'm tuning into that game. By the way, I already yeah. have that marked down on my calendar. <laughs> I'm tuning into that game. But once again, we are talking to Sam Esfindari. He is the host of the Light Years Pod on the Blue Wire Network. He covers the Golden State Warriors. So make sure to tap into that podcast if you want to hear everything about the Warriors. And also make sure to hit the, that thumbs up button for your boys right now. Make sure to check out KnicksFanDV.com. And salute to everybody in the chat right now. Salute to all the channel members. We got Gregory Weiner in here. We got Ari in the chat. Ari from Manhattan. We got JJ in the chat. We got Will Latimer. Salute to all you guys. We got King Deej. We got Eric L. Beats. We got Jay from East New York. Salute to all you guys. Salute to John Talento as well. And if you want to call in tonight, you got questions for Sam about Dante, make sure to do so. We're taken by the Discord tonight, so just make sure to download the app if you haven't done so. Make sure to join the server, and we'll take your calls. All right, Sam. Let's get into the meat of this show. <laughs> Dante DiVincenzo, man. When Now, he had a down season in Sacramento. So what were your expectations when he joined the Warriors? So I felt pretty good about it because just knowing like everyone knows who Dante is. Everyone remembers the Villanova teams. He was a college star. Uh, It's not, he's not like an obscure player you hadn't watched, even if it had been a minute since you'd watched him. He fits the Warriors read and react system. Steve Kerr, Jay Wright are very close. Um, I felt like he could play a role for the Warriors. And honestly, he did play a role for him. The The reality is the Warriors' problems were bigger than Dante, but I thought he had a very positive season for him, and I was pretty excited about it. Okay. So you're excited to see Dante come out, come to the, through to the Warriors. Like, did he exceed your expectations from, like, everything that you expected from out of him? Because I look at him, like, running that second unit. You know, he was a playmaker, scorer. He did a lot for the Warriors. So did he exceed everything that you were expecting out of him? He he pretty much hit the, I don't know if exceeds the right word, but he definitely didn't like disappoint anyway. Like he, I thought they were going to get, look, he, he came on a one-year deal, a prove it deal where it was very obvious. He was trying to prove he's worth a 10, 15, $20 million contract in the NBA. And so mm-hmm. I, there'd be incentives on both sides in that capacity. And I think he, he pretty much hit it. Honestly, like I have no negative things to say about a season, I guess the best way I'd put it. (laughs) I mean, that's what I like to hear so far. Like, what would you say, what would you say his strengths were like on the wars? Like, was it like just being the ultimate playmaker? What would you talk? What would you say is his team team guy? Like it, I, we can talk through his talent and I'm happy to go through it. But like, look, everyone knows the Warriors season started with the Draymond Green punch of Jordan Poole. Mm-hmm. 
they had a very uncomfortable vibe all year. Uh, and that probably did them in. Dante was very much one of those guys who kind of made the vibe light, made guys buy in, get comfortable. And like he, Knicks fans will probably appreciate this. Reminds me of Josh Hart in the sense of just mm. like if he's, he's the first to put his nose in to get the ball the first to do that sort of stuff. Sometimes lead by example stuff matters. Uh, and it's weird because the Warriors are kind of, they have an older core and they're leaders. You wouldn't think they'd be looking at, at that time, a 25 year old first time player on the team. But I do think it really mattered, particularly for the younger players, the, the, the Kumingas, the Moses Moody's like those type of guys in the Warriors roster last year. And so I walk away from it going like, man, I kind of wish the Warriors had him on a team. Uh, that wasn't dealing with as much drama as they were last year because I walked away from it going, that's a winning player. He has his flaws, but that's a guy who can absolutely be on a winning team. And I would have liked to see him on a team, a Warriors team that had uh, less existential crisis going on all the time. So essentially what you're saying, you wish he was on the team two seasons ago Correct. and not last season. Gotcha. Correct. So and, like- and, and hopefully next year, but we'll see. <laughs> But, like, outside of, like, being that, like, good team player, because that, that's just kind of the mold of all these Villanova guys. You talk about Brunson, yeah. talk about Josh Hart, DiVincenzo, Mikhail Bridges. Like, they all bring that, like, camaraderie, that professionalism about the mm-hmm. game of basketball. But what are the skills, man, that we can expect as Knicks fans that Dante's going to bring to the roster? Quick decision maker. The Warriors specifically play a very, like, ball movement, fast passing style. We're seeing it with Team USA and like, I mean, Brandon Ingram's struggling, right? Like, because he's mm-hmm. not used to playing that Warriors system. Meanwhile, like Austin Reeves and uh, Tyrese Halberton and Paulo Bancaro are thriving. Dante got it from day one. He's very quick with his decisions, get the ball, push it, do his thing that way. Um, when I say put his nose in there, he's not Josh Hart because I've never seen a guard uh, other than Russell Westbrook, like rebound like that, where they're just like, they get every ball, mm-hmm. but behind Josh Hart, Dante is about as good as you can expect. Like he led the Warriors of rebounding multiple games. He's just kind of always a guy you can expect to like 20 minutes, four or five rebounds, you know, like they, getting 50, 50 balls, that sort of stuff. Um, better passer than I expected. Actually, actually, I'd say the thing that was probably most encouraging is he shot the hell out of the ball for the Warriors. Uh, I think he ended a shade under 40%, but he was basically at 40% all year. And he let it, he let it fly. It wasn't like I'm going to protect my three point percentage. It was pulling up in transition from 26, 28, 30. Sometimes that would frustrate warrior fans where you're just like, dude, kick it to the wing, got clay, you know, that sort of thing. But he fit in the system and he shot the ball really well. So overall, to me, the biggest things are competitiveness and decision-making. Both of those, I thought he was well above grade on. And then you also mentioned, like, there were things that you wish he could have done better. What, what was that? What did you want to see him do better? We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, 
and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. Literally finish inside. It, if I have one one critique of him, it's anytime he put the ball on the floor, if he ended up shooting it, he wasn't making it. So the mm-hmm. Warriors don't, to be clear, they don't have kind of a, they don't have a Mitchell Robinson or someone who's going to catch a lob or that sort of thing. So mm-hmm. it's a lot of five out spacing. And then if you're attacking the rim, like you kind of have to finish it yourself, right? So like guys like Steph and Jordan Poole would do that, but Dante just in traffic, it was not pretty. That's not his specialty. So, um, and I remember that also being a thing in Milwaukee. That's what uh, Bucks people mm-hmm. told me. It's like, oh, anytime he puts a ball on the floor, just it's not good for him. And so mm-hmm. that kind of bared out. Like anytime he was trying to kind of get his own shot, it's not great. It's like the opposite of uh, Jalen Brunson. Like Brunson gets the ball and he gets in that in between range. He's pretty money. Right. Yep. Like he like whether he shoots it or he makes like a pocket pass, like he lives in that like 10 to 15 foot area where guys on his hip. Uh, Dante, quite the opposite, not not the play you want from usually going to lead to a miss. And I mean, that's honestly probably why he's, he's a role player, because if he had that mastered, like I could see him being a star, honestly. So that see, and that's where I'm interested to see how he fits on the Knicks, because the Knicks so drive heavy between rj julius and brunson like getting downhill is a big tom thibodeau thing that's something he even wanted from emmanuel quickly to be able to attack and get downhill even more and that's why derrick rose two seasons ago when he joined the knicks so crucial he just knew how to bend the deep bend the defense and i just wonder how i wonder how dante's going to fit on the knicks because i think it might be closer to what Milwaukee was than necessarily what the Warriors do because you as you talked about the Warriors Kerr it's 
it's fast paced, man. There's like a lot of sure. off ball action. There's a lot of stuff going on. Tibbs for the last three seasons that we've seen from Tibbs offense, it's number four in isolation, number eight in isolation. <laughs> this past season, number four in isolation again. So I don't know, like, I'm not expecting any of that like off ball movement from Dante, which seemed like he really thrived in man, because there were games that I'd watch for the wars. And I just see him pushing the pace. And somehow, even though he's yep. not the one finishing in trans, like finishing around the rim, right. He's finding a guy just cutting baseline for that easy layup. And that's the type of stuff that I'm like, it's great in theory for a guy like him to be joining the Knicks to do that. But offensively, you know, if we don't have anything like that, can he actually, can we utilize his entire skill set? on the Knicks in some ways I actually think it's a better fit for him because uh mm. if you're in the half court balls in Brunson's hands you know and mm -hmm. he can be a pure spot-up player making secondary decisions that way I, I always felt like the Warriors thought they were getting kind of uh a more versatile playmaker and like he's a smart mm. player a very smart player but he's not a guy you want going downhill in general and for New York, like he'll push you in transition, and that's going to be useful just because all transition opportunities are easier offense, right? Mm -hmm. But in the half court, he's probably going to be a corner spacer. Uh, and and that's probably a good thing for him and for the Knicks. So I don't hate the fit on top of the fact that like it's a very clear him, Brunson, Josh Hart, like they have legit chemistry that goes back years, and there's kind of uh you know, I, I do buy the, if everyone wants to make it work, they're going to make it work type of thing. And that's kind of the vibe I get from the New York guys. Like he's, I think he wanted to be a Nick, honestly, like he just has oh, kind of, he's, he's in New York. He's such a New York East coast guy to his core. So I think, I think it'll work is, is my basic takeaway. It's not about the player for me, Sam. It's not about the player. It's actually more so about the coach, which that that, that I can have a whole on conversation. I like Tibbs, but offensively, it, it it's like watching paint dry. But we're sure. gonna go to, we're gonna go to the Discord right now. We got some guys on the line that want to get their questions into about Dante Divincenzo. So Ari, let's do it. Ari, get ready. Ari, we're bringing you on right now, man. You're in the VIP lounge because you got that you got that <laughs> KFTV franchise membership. Show them what it's all about, Ari. Are you there? Yeah, I'm here. You hear me? Yes, sir. What's going on, Ari? How you doing? What's up, man? What's up, Sam? How you guys doing? Up, Hope everything's well. What up? Um, quick question. Kind of sidetracked. Not going to take up too much time. Sam, what are your thoughts on Julius Randle? Okay, that's part <laughs> A. And part B, do you think the Warriors could use Julius Randle? Because I think he'd fit really well next to Steph and Clay. He's like a Draymond Green, but he could shoot a little bit better. Two-time All-NBA. What about a maybe Kaminga and a pick or something like that uh, for Julius Randle? Thank you for the call, guys. And there is Ari. Of course, he's getting ready to stir the pot. <laughs> All right, Sam. I like I like Julius Randle. I, okay. Isn't isn't the the issue? Isn't would they give up Kuminga for him? It's Julius Randle makes what 25, 27, something like that, right? 30 million, something in that yeah, range. He's making, he's making 25. He's making around 25 million annually. Okay. So which of the Warriors big contract players are you giving up to get him? You guys want Chris Paul? <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's, that's, that's my point. And I don't think the Warriors are going to give up Draymond or, uh, or clay or even Wiggins. So, you know, 
I just I don't see I don't see the pathway. I I I heard they were interested years ago. I don't know. Wow. It's one of those things where it's like the Warriors wouldn't trade Wiggins for him. Mm. Um, and it's not because I think Wiggins is a better player. I think Wiggins' skill set specifically is more valuable to the Warriors than Julius Randles would be. Like they need the wing stopper. They trade Wiggins. They don't have a wing stopper, you know, that sort of thing. And so the question is, do you trade Draymond for uh, for someone like Julius Randle? And let's ignore what, what you even think about. Like, would you want to do that as a Nick? Um, the dude punched his teammate and they gave him a $100 million extension. So, uh, you know, uh, Steph's loyal to the end with that guy. Uh, and and for reasons, but yeah, I, I don't see it. I don't see it, my man. Hey, uh, that's a <laughs> first of all the fact that you just said he punched the guy and got a hundred million dollar contract extension answers everything about the value of the war, the war, the Warriors valuation <laughs> yeah. uh, of Draymond Green, which is hilarious. But hey, I get the idea because here's the thing, Sam. Like when you, the thing is, like they're we're waiting for Julius Randle to show up in the playoffs. That's it, right? Good during the regular season, bread and butter. I mean, it, it can get tiring seeing the isolation, but that's more of a, a scheme concept than I that I actually think style. is more so than him in style. Like, like he also has to, like he's a guy that needs the rock in his hand in order to be that effective. He's not a guy who's going to be moving off ball and kind of like that. Sure. So, I think the more, more the more frustrating thing for some Knicks fans is that waiting for the playoffs, right? Or who's the next guy like is he gonna be involved in a trade like you hear about joel Embiid, or well, is, is it not gonna be anybody and then you're gonna have to pay him even more money and then his can I ask you, guy can I ask you a question because because yeah, yeah, when sure. i look at the knicks i feel like they're waiting for the next actual dude mm-hmm. to get on the trade market because like brunson's a winner Josh Hart, yes. those guys are winning players. They're not first options, but they are winners. But I, I could absolutely see Jalen Brunson winning a title as the second option, being like the point guard with like a Kevin Durant or with a Joel Embiid, that sort of thing, right? For sure. And I feel like they're in a holding pattern, and that's where it gets frustrating with Julius Randle because you need his contract to complete any trade. You know, let's pretend, let's pretend Giannis asks out. You you literally can't acquire him without including Julius Randle just to make the cap work and all that sort of stuff, um, and that's part of the whole thing. And it's just it. I think I think fans are smart. I think uh, your 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 listeners are smart. Everyone knows the Knicks are just kind of we're gonna use Julius as the star and hold Pat until uh, Embiid, uh, a Giannis, one of these guys is available, and then we're going all in. Right? That's a vibe. Oh yeah, I for sure. That I mean, yes, that's essentially that is it. I mean, we had Ian Begley, you know, uh, yeah. friend of the show. He had a report saying that Julius Randle, like, if he was to be traded in any type of deal, it'd be for a Joel Embiid type package. So, like, yes, we're waiting for like Joel. We're waiting for Giannis. I think Joel is more like it just because of the relationship that Leon Rose was joel's agent <laughs> and, so, and philly and philly doesn't seem like it's going in a positive direction either no so. i mean come on <laughs> i mean james harden you know james harden is call, saying more is a liar and all that stuff that's just burning in front of i'm i'm enjoying that because i'm like Embiid can't like you can't i don't know how you can sell Embiid on maxi and him as the ticket to go to the championship like that's it's just not working it's not working but we got another caller on the line sam Deej, king Deej, can you hear me right now 
You're up in your front and center, King Deej. What's going on, bro? Mic check, mic check. Can you hear me, Alex? Yes, sir. What's going on, Deej? Salute, 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 man. Shout out to the chat gang. Shout out to Alex. No CP here, but you know I got to pay. I got to come through for Dante, man. I think Dante getting a bad rap because, you know, shout out to Ari. But I think Nick fans are just, you know, upset about everything. And they got good <laughs> reasons, too. But Dante DiVincenzo, I'm a big fan of his before he was even on the Knicks or the Warriors. Um, 40% shooter until, like, February. And then, obviously, like Sam said, he dropped. So, Sam, my question to you, besides the shooting, because I think, in essence, it's kind of the theory that the Knicks had with Evan Fournier, except for Dante's younger, faster, a little bit more, better on the defensive side. How do you feel about his um, – I know you already spoke on his uh, attacking the basket. I don't think we necessarily need him for that. But how do you feel about his secondary playmaker? Is he able to do lobs oh. to Mitch or things of that nature? And he's actually very talented in the rebounding as a guard. So how do you feel about those two categories? Uh, peace and love to the room. Alex, keep doing what you're doing. Sam, <laughs> love you, man. Shout Appreciate it. Appreciate the call, man. No, I, I agree with him. I think the two things that I enjoyed most about Dante on the Warriors was one is a nose for the ball. I, I said, okay, he's not Josh Hart, but behind Josh Hart, he might be the best rebounding guard in the NBA. The dude just has a nose for the ball, gets him. That stuff matters. You know, when you see a guy who's six three fight for a ball like that, it, everyone else has to kind of have that same mentality. It matches everything that Tibbs wants. I, I, would be surprised if he didn't love him just because he's a fighter and he's kind of competitive guy. And then playmaking. I think he's a very smart passer. The warriors got out on the fast break a lot because Dante get a rebound and kick it forward. It's more just when, when you're in those, like, you know, defender on your hip, you need to take the eight foot shot, finish it or, or do like the stuff that basically Brunson's amazing at. That's not his forte, but in terms of general playmaking and passing, like it's a great play. He's he's gonna improve any offense he's on. Okay, uh, I like I like the I like the Dante Givincenzo, <laughs> man. I think I think he's gonna be solid for the Knicks. Um, what we're looking for more is like smart basketball players, right? And that's what yeah. he brings. You know, you talked about that earlier in the show, and when you know we had we do another show, the NRA, the NBA report. So for everyone who's tuning in right now who doesn't know, make sure to go check out that show. Make sure to subscribe. All right. Hit your thumbs up button for your boys over there too. We had um we had Amin on the show and he he, he broke it down very well when you watch the Knicks and it comes down to decision making, right? And when you have guys like Josh Hart, Jalen Brunson, guys who understand what to do with the rock in critical moments, right? But then you have other guys who are just, you know, chucking up heat checks, whether that be, you know, Julius Randle, whether that be IQ at times. It's like you need guys who understand situational basketball and continue to put the rock in the right place. So having someone like Dante, I think, is just it's good for this team because we're just adding more high IQ basketball players, which, you know, even though Iggy was on the pod with, I think, Evan Turner and was like, Oh well, you know, Mikhail Bridges is the is the best guy in New York right now and not Brunson. He's like, well, you know, IQ is important, but like and talk about like basketball IQ. I'm like, well, that is important, man. Like that's that's how games are won. Like I watch the Warriors and it's like there's a lot of high IQ basketball. Like Andre's Andre's a hater too. Like I he he's a wing who was never appreciated for all the things he did. So of course he's gonna side with Bridges. Come on. That's just kind of his personality type. 
Yeah, no, but I'm just saying, like, <laughs> at the end of the day, like, IQ, like, basketball IQ is so important to this yeah. game. Like, you can have a lot of talent, but, like, as we see, like, there's a lot of guys who have a lot of talent, and it can stop unless you – if you don't have that basketball IQ. So, for the Knicks, just getting someone like Dante in the locker room, just on the court, just it, – it's great for that aspect. But, you know, you kind of touched on it earlier. Um you do you still wish the Warriors? You said you wish the Warriors were able to have like Dante on a better team. Did were you expecting them to like make an offer for him before he went into like free agency? No, but more because I understood how the cap situation works. Like the Warriors situation right now is they're paying a lot of money to their core, and they're gonna be kind of the vessel for vets to rehab their value. So this year's it's Darius Arch. Darius Arch is better than a veteran minimum player. Uh, they got him because they sold him on the fact that you're going to have a chance to play. You're going to fit the system. Someone's going to offer you 10 million next year. Someone's going to offer you 15 million. Two years ago, it was Otto Porter. And uh, last year, it was Dante. So it's it's one of those things where it's like, you'd like to have him back. But like when he signed, everyone knew it was a one-year deal. Like it, if he turned into a two-year deal, that means he sucked, honestly. Mm-hmm. And he clearly didn't suck. So it's kind of like when you set your expectations before that, like, we're not going to be able to keep him. Um, this is kind of a mutually beneficial thing. He'll make the Warriors better, and the Warriors will help him reestablish his market and prove it. Uh, you don't get as mad about that sort of stuff. For sure, for sure. What about his defense, man? That's, that's a conversation we really haven't, like, touched on good defender good Good defender defender. um the warriors defensively sucked but i can point to sucked relative to my expectations for him just to be clear uh he was he was a good defender this is this there was a sequence against the blazers mid-season where i felt like the Warriors' season was going to fall apart where he just owned dame one-on-one defensively that will always stick in my mind as like man if you know how like when things are going poorly it feels like there's one play that turns the momentum of a game and you're like man if that doesn't happen the season's over so you think the season was saved on one play i i have this one specific play where he guarded uh dame one-on-one in iso and they had to win that game because it was just losing streak you know how that goes um and he did. He just he just straight up took the ball from him. It like it just winning play in general. Uh taking that out of the vibe, like he was always you can have a great defense with Dante. He is a smart defender. He will do what you want, and he's a little better in isolation than you expect. So yeah, I don't I don't think like to me, he is poor man's Josh Hart at everything other than he's a better shooter. And I don't mean that as an insult, because I love Josh Hart. I think he's an excellent player. And Josh Hart yeah. it got a contract that reflects that he's, you know, a little better than Dante, right? But, like, same type yeah. of guy where it's just, like, dog, gets every loose ball, sm- higher IQ than you think, makes the extra pass, can just makes winning plays left and right. So I, I just – I never think you can have enough of those guys. Like, there, at no point is someone like, man, I have too many winning players, you know? For sure. Absolutely. We're going to go back to the discord, Sam, for the last call. And then we're going to wrap up. We got Jay from East New York on the line. Jay, what's going on, man? 
What's going on, Alex? You hear me loud and clear? Yes, sir. What's up? Okay, okay. Shout out to you and shout out to the brother Sam. Um, so like I, I read a lot of articles on Dante DiVincenzo, and I wanted to ask like the the minutes, you know, one thing that stuck out to me in these articles that they said that, you know, Steve Kerr would play him in the upwards of 28 to 30 minutes. And um right. that's when he um produced the best. So I wanted to ask you, like, do you agree with that sentiment? And how does that fit with the Knicks? Like, how, how much minutes plus per, per production should we be looking for? Yeah, I, I never got the vibe. That, like, So I, if I'm understanding you, the question is, like, can he still be productive if he isn't playing 25, 30 minutes? Is that, is that, is that kind of what you're asking? That's exactly the point. Yeah. Basically. I never got that. I never got that vibe. I actually feel like they overplayed him because, you know, injuries, guys mm -hmm. missing, bad vibes. Like, I thought he was actually in the sweet spot when he was playing like twenty minutes a game. Like Ooh. when when he was when he was playing twenty, that meant they had working depth. He played his role perfectly. Everything went well. It's just one of those things where it's like, man, they played him at small forward for half the year because Wiggins was gone. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I'm not yeah, trying yeah, to, yeah. like, it, it's, he's not a small forward, you know? Like, so, I. He could be on the Knicks. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, we'll, we'll say Josh Hart's technically the small forward. But, you know, um, it, it's one of those things where it's like, you appreciate the guy just is is a dog. He'll do whatever you ask. But, like, 20 minutes is, is a sweet spot for him. I never felt like he was a guy who, if he didn't get extra run, couldn't play. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. And, you know, like the question is for New York, like we have a lot of guards at this point between Brunson, Grimes, IQ, Hart, Dante DiVincenzo. You can even throw RJ into that mix. Like it's just a lot of guards. And so where are all these minutes coming from? And more so from like Grimes quickly, Dante and Hart. Like that's like the real big question because before Josh Hart, you know, Grimes was locked in for like 36 minutes and then Hart gets here and it's like all right who's closing tonight is it going to be yeah. IQ in that spot is it going to be uh Hart is it going to be Grimes like it's all this up and down so hearing that Dante can perform in 20 minutes and that's his sweet spot is in my in my eyes like that's a really good thing because on a Tibbs led team he's probably I don't know you're gonna give it to Brunson and everybody else especially for defense like Josh Hart is probably gonna get more more run at that at that point same thing with Grimes no, and and said it's, uh, it's he's he's gonna for he's he's a guy who you put him out there and he immediately dives for the ball. He's not a um you know I I need to warm into the game. Give me five ten minutes. I'll get into it. He's a I, I go out there and immediately dive for the ball, which is like ultimately what you want from from a bench player, like a guy who can just kind of get himself going immediately. So uh, I think it'll work. I think it I think it makes sense. Like he's. Josh Hart's a better player than him overall, but it's very much a similar type of player mindset. And those type of guys tend to find their way to be useful on any team they're on, right? Yeah, for sure. And you know what? On that note, we're going to leave it at that point because, Sam, I think that's a great way to put it. Just winning player, winning player, winning player. That's all I get from <laughs> you when I hear about Dante DiVincenzo. And look, man, I I'm excited to have him on this squad. Uh, Sam, thank you so much for coming on the show and, and giving us your insight to Dante DiVincenzo's season on the Warriors. Please let our listeners know where they can find you and if you got anything coming up. 
No, I appreciate it. Just uh, check out the Light Years pod if you're interested in hearing about the Warriors. Uh, we're going live two, three days a week. You can find it on Twitter, wherever it is. And I appreciate you guys. And, and Alex, congrats, my man. Thank you. Thank you, Sam. Appreciate it, man. I can't <laughs> wait to join you, CP, JD, everybody in this, in this dad wife and not getting enough sleep once once my son is born. And to all the to, to Knicks Nation out there, thank you for tuning in once again. And thank you to Sam for coming through and giving us the insight on Dante DiVincenzo. Make sure to hit that thumbs up button for your boys. Make sure to tell your friends, your family members, everybody, your cats and your dogs about this show. So that way they can subscribe too and help the movement, man. All right. Grassroots movement right here, KFTV. And make sure to go check out the other channel, the NBA Report. We just had uh, Amin from ESPN. You know, you could go. You can go find him on all these other platforms, man. We number one. On. We had Kevin. Number O'Connor. one rabble rouser. That's my guy. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Facts. We also had Kevin O'Connor on. We've had Mike Borkanov on. We've had so many guys on the show. We had Brian Scalabrini on. There's so many shows out there. There's so many great guests that we had on the NBA Report. Make sure to go over there, subscribe to the channel, and support your boys from KFTV over there as well. And also make sure to check out KnicksFanTV.com. We got a lot of great writers. Knicks season's slowly approaching. We just had an article drop today. Top 10 games that you should walk from this season schedule drop. So make sure to go check that out. And guys, thank you once again for tuning in for, for Knicks Fan TV. We'll catch you later. We out. <laughs>